With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. This is all hopeful. The Democrats have a dark vision for Pennsylvania. Josh Shapiro will be a continuation of the deadly and dangerous and extreme far-left policies of Tom Wolfe, where your kids are taught to hate each other in schools, where union bosses call the shots, in this America, in this Pennsylvania here, you're going to walk as free men and women and live in joy and peace and prosperity. You're going to walk in freedom. <clears throat> you want to talk about extreme. Democrat governors around the nation here want to uh, kill babies even up to birth, and some are talking about after birth. That's extreme. That's denying the science. That's, that's immoral. Wrong. Every baby deserves a right to life. What do you think? Every single baby. All right, Hackaroos, good morning on our special post-primary night edition of Hacks on Tap. Those dulcet tones you heard are from uh, Republican gubernatorial nominee. I'm going to refer to him like a magician, the great Mastriano. We're going to be hearing a lot more from him, probably to the peril of the... uh, of the Pennsylvania election outcome. I, I, I can hear the screaming, the muffled screams of pain at RGA yes. headquarters. David yes. Axelrod, you and I are going to pilot this thing today. Yes. What yes. do you think? What do you think? In a Trump year, could that guy actually beat somebody? They're calling him the great Mastriano because he may make the, uh, in one fell swoop, make the Republican chances of taking the governorship in Pennsylvania disappear. It's like a magic trick. (laughs) Through the floorboards and nobody will know where it went. I mean, there's always a chance, right, when you're on the ballot in a year that could be a wave election, that people who are way, way out of the mainstream could get swept in. He is way, way out of the mainstream. I mean, he is a, uh, he was there January 6th. At the Capitol, yep. uh, he uh, and continues to this day to perpetrate the the uh, the whole election fraud fraud in you know Inspector Clouseau and seek uh, in in search of votes that uh, don't exist. That's an insult to the great Inspector Clouseau, by the way, who in the yeah. Police Nationale solved a lot of big cases. But you're right. But he's not here. He can't speak for himself. So I stand by it. I hope Cato gets him. So, I, it, you know, it's a nightmare on so many levels. One, he'll become a national thing in the hardcore MAGA world. So th- that'll, that'll, he'll start raising money. So he'll be a loud, loud mess there. And people have to decide about distancing a bit. But then you've got the Trump endorsement factor and the militant grassroots. I mean, imagine we're going to talk about the Senate race next. But if you're McCormick, and I think Oz is probably going to edge him out. This is in the Senate race you're talking about. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. What the hell do you say about the guy? I agree with this. on one hand, you got MAGA world going crazy. On the other hand, if you're the most electable guy, if, if McCormick does make it to the general, 
you know, you're going to want distance or you're chained to a 300-pound lead weight. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare. I had this discussion offline with uh, a Democratic strategist in Pennsylvania last night, and I said, man, I would I would try and ask McCormick every day if I were a Democrat, uh, you know, what do you think about what Mastriano said today? What do right. you think about and and uh, and he's going to be saying things. You yes. know, Swiss cheese is a communist plot. That'll be Thursday, and then you got to react. It's bad. Yes, as a Swiss cheese eater, I. <laughs> well, you are a communist, so you've just proved the allegation. <laughs> but <laughs> there you um, go. damn it, there goes the Pennsylvania Sen- uh, governor's race. <laughs> but uh, he's actually running against Josh Shapiro, who is really uh, a very strong candidate, the attorney general. There, who, by the way, and we talked about this last week. Remember, he ran. They ran this spot that actually helped Mastriano because right. they they felt he would be the easiest guy to beat, and they ran a spot flaying him for all of his Trumpian positions. Yeah, too loyal to Trump. Yeah, too uh, honest about the election ripoff. You know, <laughs> exactly. Most cynical spot I've ever seen, and a little dangerous because I get that tactic, but you know, you are playing with anthrax here. Because it's not a great democratic year. Well, you know the old expression, you break it, you own it? Yep. Uh, it's up. Now they've got to defeat him. But I think what you're going to see— And they probably will. You're, and I think you're going to see a, a number of Republicans kind of step out and say, we're, this is where we get off, folks. Because uh, Shapiro has good relationships uh, across party lines there. So um, I think that he will win, but— it does say something about the state of, of the Republican Party in Pennsylvania that he won and he won going away. And by the way, you know, Trump jumped on this moving train on Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, he took out some Oz insurance. Trying to pad his numbers a little. Yeah. I mean, I think he was concerned he might lose that Senate race in Pennsylvania. He, his candidate, Dr. Oz, we'll get to that in a second. And so he jumped on Mastriano when it became clear that Mastriano was going to win and completely threw over. Yeah, Lou, Bar- Lou Barletta, <laughs> right, a former right. congressman. Who who was original old guard Trump. When Trump first ran, he was really the first big congressional guy to get on board Trump uh, in, in Pennsylvania. He's he's uh, out of the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area, like Biden. They're probably eighth cousins. And, you know, it's just so Shakespearean that he would stab one of his first loyal guys in the back, who's, who's pure Trumpy, but not I don't know if it's Shakespearean, Trump. but it's very Trumpian. Right, totally. Uh, loyalty is not like a huge uh, value in his world, uh, except if he, he expects loyalty to him. But poor Barletta is yeah. sort of sitting stunned on the side of the road saying, what just happened here? Uh, I, I, I was yeah. first I joined in line the circus for- and they, they picked another elephant. You know? <laughs> How dare they? But um, but Mastriano's, you know, we were talking about this on the air on CNN last night, you know, and David uh, Urban, uh, who is a Pennsylvania Republican operative, uh, said, you know, well, you know, maybe there are, you know, it people sort of sidle over to the middle after winning a primary. I'm hoping that Mastriano will do that. And then he comes out and gives like a crazy ass speech. Uh, <laughs> and it's yep. pretty damn clear. I mean, one thing, I mean, one of the reasons he won uh, is... Uh, you know, he is very authentically uh, a, uh, you know, MAGA plus. 
Well, election denier, too. I mean, yes, that yeah, is 100%. the special sauce that is putting guys like that over the top. They're willing to go down the whole rat hole of conspiracy and, you know, mind control, and the election was illegitimate. And by the way, in, in Pennsylvania, the Secretary of State, who in almost everywhere counts the ballots and handles all that stuff, is not elected. They're appointed. Yeah. So if this guy wins governor, he can literally appoint a, a full-fledged lunatic a Secretary of State to oversee the Pennsylvania election process so you know there's danger to the union here which is uh, yeah, yeah this is 24 implications uh but uh, you, let, let's switch over to the senate race because something occurred to me that race is is basically tied oz is is two tenths of a percentage point ahead i think i don't know how many thousands of votes that is but very few it's about 2500 votes with yeah. and by the way who was tweeting you last night watch oz i'm telling you i feel the doctor Yes, you're the Wizard of Oz. Uh, you, you, <laughs> no, you I just was around Pennsylvania some years back doing a bunch of races, and I saw early where he was doing well, and I thought, eh, maybe I'll inch it. Though I got to give Jeffro and the McCormick guys some some props for keeping it closer than conventional wisdom said, and it could still turn out their pitch is Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, Mc, McCormick's hometown. You know, you have to go back in time a little. Uh it has, I don't know, it's like eight or 9,000 absentees out. So if he wins those huge, he could catch. You know, going in the recount, I think Oz will have a slim lead. But yes. uh, it could happen. It could be Yeah, McCormick. but but I mean, think about this. McCormick, uh, who's the uh, former hedge fund CEO who magged himself up for purposes of this primary and hired a bunch of old Trump people hoping that they could at least keep Trump out. They did not. Probably had the opposite effect. Yeah, but he um, uh, he could win this thing on the strength of uncounted mail-in votes. Yeah, the irony is very thick. And I wonder if it's going to incite, you know, uh, some of the MAGA people there. And Oh, yeah. Know, I mean, a lot will, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Trump reacts to that. Because that's the situation we're in now. There, this This race is going to be decided by uncounted mail-in votes. Poor Dave McCormick, who, who served with great distinction in the Bush administration and big, important jobs. Then he has to turn into Peter Mayhew. Uh, Mayhew and people are saying, oh, Murphy's one of his references again. He, he was the actor in the Chewbacca suit in Star Wars. And that's what I think of every time I see Dave McCormick all dressed up and ready to be a MAGA warrior. <laughs> and now his fate is hanging, as you say, by this thin filament of late mail-in absentee votes which fundamentally he campaigned against for a year at least by inference if not yeah. directly by joining the trump parade so in karmic political hell magazine i know what the cover story is going to be it'll be the dave mccormick story but he may have campaigned against it by inference uh but i bet you his team was collecting them while while, while he was while he was doing that Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Jeff Rowe was scraping the state for everyone. He was probably trying to fill out a few a night ago um, uh, while we were, you know, telling the marks at the MAGA rally that this election we've got to audit it. There's funny business afoot. But I'll tell you who's watching this closely is both McConnell and Schumer because this oh, yeah. seat could be the seat that determines who Total. controls the Senate in 2023. I think there's a widely held consensus that McCormick would be the more formidable candidate in a general election. If he can slip the chains of the primary, which I thought he was, you know, in the time under tradition ready to do. But now the great 
Mastriano as governor is <laughs> yeah. gonna is gonna be an anchor for him if he can get through it. And then you know who knows if Oz goes full Trumpy and I and it's in a recount it's eight hundred votes. Oh no, Philly. Yeah, you right. know I mean they, they can throw the acid both ways. It can burn Republican skin too. Yes, I mean that's that's why I raised the the right in ballot. I mean the the mail in ballot scenario because if he wins by the slim margin of uh. May, uh, that mail-in votes provide him. Uh, there's plenty of fodder out there for uh, you know the election conspiracy people to uh, to say it was an illegitimate win, and that could uh, could hamper him as well. But I was saying this thing is really important because as you begin to scope out what's happening around the rest of the country, um, you know it, this could be the difference, and so. Uh, the Democrats nominated from his hospital bed, John Fetterman, who is an unusual candidate. Yeah, in some ways, he's got the advantage of being kind of the uncola. Doesn't look, I mean, we've seen other guys like that. Fetterman is kind of what happened if you could do a DNA sample of Bernie Sanders and Jesse Ventura. Exactly. And, and kind exactly. of put him in a beaker. Uh, so he's got that populist unpaul thing. Um, you got to look, I. The the you well know that Connor Lamb, Congressman Marine from Western Pennsylvania, on paper is the perfect general election candidate. But you got to give Fetterman credit; he way outraised him with low dollar internet money. I think Schumer and the uh, the Dems were afraid to fight the left and didn't yeah. help Connor right. Lamb, who got suffocated. But boy, Fetterman won everywhere, even Western Pennsylvania, which was supposed to be the Lamb base. I think he's he carried every single county in the state. And the suburbs of Philly. And right. one of the questions about Fetterman is can a bald, bearded, six foot eight guy who campaigns in cargo shorts and a hoodie uh, and right. a hoodie uh play in the suburban areas around uh Philadelphia? I mean, I think it's still an open question. And McCormick uh, maybe if he gets nominated, a, an attractive candidate there. But if it's Oz, listen on the Oz thing. I want to ask you about this. I got yeah. asked about this. He's last no night. wizard. I'm already working on a few slogans. Yes, I know. Well, you're going to pull back the curtain on him. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, you know, last night I was asked about this. Uh, Chris Wallace asked me why is why is Oz doing as well as he's doing in the suburban areas? Because he actually held his own. In those suburban areas, even as he, he did. Was the, That's the, early why I was tweeting you that I thought, watch the watch him. I bet he'll catch him. All right. It's now in the record that you are. Yeah, way no, no, no. I, and and it game. could go the other way now. We got to get those allocated. But, but your larger point, but, but here, let me give you a reaction to that from the Republican trenches. Yes. Is that where you are? It's awfully dark over there. Yeah. No, I'm in the Freedom Bunker here, yeah, deep under okay, Los Angeles, yeah, right, where the okay. anti-Trump movement meets. <laughs> we, uh, we're we scathed, but they- we're, It's a small we're, room there, but go we're, we're going to the mountain. We're fighting. We're fighting. <laughs> and th there's some observations after these primaries I want to make later. But to your point about this- I'm other, sending some provisions by drone. What go Republican ahead. hacks who've, uh, who've worked a lot of these primaries will tell you, in a general election, the suburbs are squishier and more moderate. But in a primary, a Republican primary, there's plenty of MAGA, plenty of base in the suburban areas. Mm -hmm. So the suburban general election vibe is different than the primary vibe. They're a slight outlier, particularly in the bigger cities. We saw that with Matt Dolan in Ohio. We saw it a bit in Omaha with Lineman or Lindemann, uh, the third place finisher in the primary a week ago. But there is no shortage of... Um, 
I mean, she carried Montgomery County. I, I, I had know, an alter, I had an alternative bet. theory. I think what you're saying is true. It's also true that all the attacks that were leveled at Oz were he's really a liberal. He's not, you know, he's not really MAGA. He's, you know, and all of that. And I wonder if that combined with his television persona created sort of a a, a, a patina of moderation. Uh, that made him a little more accept- acceptable. Maybe. I think for a bunch of primary voters, there's no three-dimensional chess here. Trump says he's the good guy, you know, mm-hmm. endorsed by Trump. I'll vote the Trump line. I-, I had that theory about Dave McCormick, but it could be true about Oz, too, that McCormick was also, you know, the Chewbacca thing, dressed up in the costume. But there were some regular Republicans who knew that he was better in the general election and he was putting on an act for the marks. So I'll stick with him. I would have voted for McCormick in the primary if I'd voted in it. And so McCormick might have gotten a little extra. He's probably happy that you uh, didn't say that before the primary. Oh, no, I did. I did it in the hacksontap.bulletin.com free newsletter multiple times because I know he's a serious guy and I kind of feel for him because I know the hell he's going through. You could see in the ads if you looked in his eyes, you know, he was like Jerry Denton blinking hostage, you know, in Morse code as he did the MAGA stuff. But um, we're seeing. So, yeah, that could have worked for either or both of them. Yeah, and that that's one point. If you look at the Matt Dolan third place, if you look at Nebraska, if you look at what might have helped both Oz and McCormick in different doses, there's still a decent chunk of the primary that Democrats ought to pay attention to that isn't going the straight-up Trump route. It's not enough to win primaries, but it's out there, and in a general election, it should be targetable. We have a split party now. The Fetterman thing is really interesting to me because, you know, he does have— I mean, he's a Harvard-educated guy. I think he came from fairly— JFK school, yeah. Yeah, and I think he came from a fairly uh, affluent uh, background. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, he he has a very, very strong kind of blue-collar vibe. Yeah. Oh, his optics are pure that, and that counts in our television era. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I trust, you know, there were a lot of questions last night about his health, and I think they, they have been stealthy about his health in a weird kind of way, but I assume Apparently that it was fine. an arrhythmia, and they fixed it with a pacemaker that— through a small clot. so But there's going to be more investigation of that because people are going to want to know and he's going to have to get over that hump. The, the other thing hanging out there- Do people really give a shit if their senator is, has health problems? I, I wonder if that is the same as when someone is running for president or running for governor. Or- I agree. I don't think it's as high of a deal. And I'm sure Oz is saying, hey, get me a little medical to get for the debate so I can save his life if something goes wrong and cinch this thing. But here, Fetterman's got one problem that everybody talked about. Hasn't hurt him so far. My guess is he'll navigate it. But when, when he was mayor of the small steel town of Braddock, yeah. or he broke through, I think he was out driving around. He heard a call on the cop radio, so he pulled out his chrome. No, no, I think he was his house, home he and he heard time. Yeah, right. Exactly. He thought he heard a gunshot. So he's like, I'm an anti-crime mayor. So he, all six, six of them went flying out the door uh, with his shooting iron and grabbed the first African-American jogger he could find at gunpoint. It turned out to literally be a guy out for a jog. And yeah. it didn't really catch fire in the primary, but it is a thing. In the Ahmad Arbery era, that is not a good image. 
Right, right. Though so far, you know, Connor Lamb took a few swipes at him on it and the, the, the debate and all that, and eh, didn't draw and blood Kenyatta, yet. But that's got to get litigated yeah. a little more. Yeah, Kenyatta being the third candidate out of Philly, and I'm sure the Republicans will uh, will uh, beam that to portions of Philadelphia and uh, liberal uh, enclaves to try and you know depress his his vote. So you know we'll. Here, but you know, I mean, let me let me raise a question that we can only raise on Hacks on Tap because we're so tasteless. Go for um, it. Is it possible that there are places in Pennsylvania where that story actually would help him? Yeah, we've been in the rough precinct, so to speak, of political morality before. There hmm. are, you know, uh, Pennsylvania is there's a little whiff of Appalachia there in the middle. Yeah, uh, and there's racial tension. Come on, that was Frank Rizzo's city. So yeah, yeah, the idea that he's that guy. I, my my point, is, I think. Pennsylvania will be so polarized in the governor's race that Fetterman, if he shows some adroitness on his feet here, will be able to navigate this perfectly. So I don't think it's quite the killer bomb. Yeah, I mean, if it were going to be, I think it would have been in the primary. Right, right. And it again, look at that map. He carried he carried Connor Lamb's home county, at least yeah. apparently. I haven't looked at the map in an hour and a half, but yeah. I think there's enough in to be able to say that. Connor I, Lamb is a good guy, so I'm, I'm going to refrain from the Lamb to Slaughter references here. His Secret Service code name is now Gyro because he was on a skewer. But it was a mistake. Schumer should have got behind him. Yeah, They could have well, locked this thing up. I think that they took a look at the race, pulled it, made a judgment and and they're and they're reluctant to uh, i think go to Fight war the left, with the left. Yeah. yeah time to pay the meter but we will be right back now let's hear from our sponsor hey x time to hear from one of our great sponsors indeed there are two sides to every story mike but if you want to hire great talent for your business faster there's just one way to do it you need indeed You do. Indeed, it's the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours, hours on multiple job sites searching for a candidate, hours, hours, endless. It feels like prison you're on so long looking for the right candidate with the right skills. Indeed's powerful hiring partner can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed's Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment, I mean the instant they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. U.S. You know, X, this thing is incredible because, come on, we both know we're monsters to work for, and we, we go through <laughs> yes men like uh, and yes women. At a, at a, here, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's it's a living hell. Don't ever do it. But we don't have time to constantly be searching for people online. When we need to hire somebody, we want to get there quick, and Instant Match really does it. You know, when you invite somebody through Instant Match, they're three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. Three million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great people. So let's help you get into it. Here's what you got to do. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash hacks. The offer is good for a limited time, so hurry up and do it. Claim your $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash hacks. What's that address again? It's Indeed.com slash hacks. Wait a minute. There's a lawyer coming in handing me a card. Terms and conditions apply. Paper qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
let's turn to North Carolina because Trump had a he had a big win there. Yeah, North Carolina was a with the exception of the Cawthorn victory for America. We're getting to yeah uh, North Carolina and the statewise Pat McCrory, a former governor, kind of the old regular Republican type who didn't run anti-Trump, by the way. But nobody ran anti-Trump. That, well, I mean, that's, that's a point. that's an important message. Yeah, yeah. Here. Well, let me say, nobody ran anti. A few ran beyond, not the center of the race. But you're right. There were no open, hostile anti-Trump because that's a death sentence in the primary. But McCory was clearly post-Trump, back to regular order, former governor in a Paul, and uh, people thought he probably lose to the congressman who had the Trump endorsement, Bud. Um, and by the way, the Dems are released to use my old uh, Florida. He's not your bud. Yeah. Um, or how about, but uh, and went instead with this buds for you. Is that the, <laughs> the problem? Is then you get she's pretty beastly, <laughs> and the whole thing referring to Beasley, the Democratic winner of the primary. Anyway, McCoy got stopped. Better African American, by the way, former Supreme Court justice, historic right, right. candidacy. Tough, uh, tough road to hoe here, but yeah. Yeah, uphill, going to lose. Um, but uh, So get ready for Bud, another guy who voted to overturn the election in Congress. Uh, so he's not America's Bud either. But the point being, McCory got smacked down. It was expected to be closer, and he got beat better than two to one, and he's, he's already fuming about it a little to his credit. Uh, but that's a tell right there in the Sun Belt Republican Party, as opposed to the Nebraskas and the Ohios and uh, – you know, some other places, <laughs> it's Trump land. Yeah. Now, the congressional is a little more complicated. Madison Cawthorn uh, got beat narrowly. There were about 100 people running against him. Uh, you know, the, the regulars were offered state senator, uh, I think it's Edwards. I can't remember. Yeah, it is. First it name. is Edwards. Yeah. And he was running as Trump without the crazy. So believe me, he, he was no no anti-Trumper, but but he is a relatively sane Republican conservative state senator, and he was able to send the creepy and awful Cawthorn out of there. The uh, National Party, literally 10 seconds after the race was called, sent out a big kind of, congratulations, Senator Edwards. And I, I think there was such a sigh of relief because Cawthorn, I mean, he's a, first of all, he's a kid. Secondly, he's obviously a, a kid who's, who's, gone a little bit off the rails and yeah, or a uh, lot off the rails a lot off the rails uh and you know fell in with a bad crowd there in congress uh and uh you know when marjorie taylor green and gates and so on are your role models you you're you're bound to you're bound to get in trouble and uh he just became such an embarrassment and, you know, Tom Tillis, the senator, a Republican senator from the state, I think spent millions of dollars in this yeah, race. Yeah, really put his shoulder in it. There, there was an IE that raised some national money that's also working against Marjorie Taylor Greene, who also has a primary opponent, but it's a tougher situation because you're dealing with the expensive Atlanta TV. This is more of an Asheville story. But, yeah, yeah, the Republican regulars decided this guy was trouble, and they got him. By just narrowly, by the way. Yep. I yep. mean, he lost by a couple of points. And Trump Trump reaffirmed his endorsement of yeah, him. Yeah, that was a loss for the Trumper. But, yeah. you know, the little footnote on all this is normally these Southern things have the 50% threshold runoff, which was an old trick the Democrats invented way back when to uh, keep segregationists winning. And, and down there, it's 30%. So, you know, if you can get to 30, you win. Well, two people did. And Edwards, despite there being several other fairly well-funded primary opponents was able to do it. I think part of the story is that Cawthorn, even with Trump, was stuck there at just over 30%. They were ready to fire him. 
Trump also lost one in in Idaho. Yeah, this is a big thing. He uh, endorsed the lieutenant governor who became famous when she when the governor left the state and she reversed all his COVID uh, regulations and uh, uh, and that made her a hero in elements of the MAGA world. Uh, and but, poor uh, Governor Little had to, Christ, I got to get on a plane and fly back and put her back in her cage. <laughs> you know, and then she primaried him and he killed her. Yeah. So go Governor Little. Governor Little is big today. Yeah. He, he, little Governor Big Hammer. And yeah. she learned all about it. And she was Trump endorsed and a, a wackadoodle. And it wasn't close. Also in the congressional race, Mike Simpson beat off a primary opponent. I don't think Trump endorsed, but, but it, it was the other one that had a little bit of that you know, get rid of the establishment guy. Yeah, uh, sort of more of a center-right Republican, yeah. I should have said this before when we were talking about Mastriano. You know, we're all sort of gauging Trump's power within the Republican Party, and I want to ask you more about that in a minute. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's going to be a due bill at the end of this, and we're going to be sitting here in November, and we're going to be gauging what his impact was on this election. And if he costs the Republican Party, you know, significantly in uh, in in Senate and governors and congressional races because he thrust people forward who, you know, ultimately were bad general election candidates, that's going to go on his account too. I, I think we're we, this is a midterm report. This is his. Um, this is a midterm report card or his mid-year report card. But right. the end-of-the-year report card is what what counts in many ways. Yeah, and I, I can tell you there are a lot of people even who have been very pro-Trump who are like, well, can't we have the, the culture war that wins with a DeSantis or somebody else? Why the baggage? There, there's also this recurring complaint about Trump, which is he's not the Trump uh, campaign-wise, candidate-wise of 2016. Now he's the crazy old guy on the bus and he wants to talk about the election being stolen all the time. He's not doing the, quote, good Trump act from before that got votes. So there's a lot of nervousness about that. And there were, by the way, a couple of presidents there, were, you know, Cruz, Ted Cruz was in there campaigning for uh, right. uh, Barnett, uh, Pompeo, who clearly is running for president. He's lost like 70 pounds, uh, which is always a telltale sign that someone's running. Uh, he, he just was needs the- to gain a couple pounds in his brain, and then it would be a net, net win. <laughs> so not an endorsement, but uh, but uh, <laughs> he was from McCormick, yes. And so there was a surrogate battle going on here, right? Uh, too, and uh, but Trump's the only surrogate who moves numbers. I mean, I, the idea of Mike Pompeo comes in, you you know, it doesn't matter. Of course, of course. But at the end of the day, what we may be proving is that Trump is still a hugely impactful force within the Republican Party. What hasn't been answered is, uh, is he a destructive force for the Republican Party? Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. Look, I think he is, I'll even call him a superior force in the primary, but he's not a supreme force. And those cracks will get litigated after the elections when the perception of we could have done better, you know, we could have won Pennsylvania. That's coming, as you say. And then then there'd be a reassessment of both where Trump is now, post-election, where Biden is. And if Biden gets slaughtered, the, the, the mouths will water with opportunity, and there'd be people saying, Trump's so risky. Uh, so there's more to calculate here. And again, there's a bit of a crescendo coming in Georgia, where Trump's number one race, where the governor there, 
according to every poll, and I believe this from the beginning, is going to clean Trump's candidate's clock. So, yeah. you know, but, but that said, nobody is going to run anti-Trump in a Republican primary right now because it is a death sentence. And that is a mighty fact of life that is not insignificant. Yeah. No, I mean, Trumpism is alive and well. That is, I think, beyond dispute. You know, what that means for Trump himself is yet to be Right. Yet to be determined. Yeah, Georgia next week, uh, governor's race seems cooked, and he's going to take a drubbing there. I'm interested in the secretary of state's race. Yeah, there's not a lot of polling out there. Um, but the the word of mouth is that Raffensperger's hanging in there. We're both of the pit boss school of romanticism, which is, yeah, what are the numbers? And you also point out that, the you know, you get uh, you get into the South and— uh, It gets tougher. It gets tougher. And so... uh, Hey, so can we pivot over on last night just to Oregon and some other interesting things? Because the the Democratic side. Yeah, you mentioned Biden. And he took a loss last night in in Oregon. Is that done? Does Schrader lose for sure? When I last looked, there was a bunch of Schrader area vote out. You know, it's a good question. I don't know. But the it's answer definitely that. going to be a nail biter or worse. And that's I think it's Jeff Schrader's incumbent moderate ish Democratic member who was attacked from the left and they may beat him. So a, a, a kind of a reversal of some of the losses the progressives have had in congressional primaries to date. And I think they had a good one in North Carolina too. Yes. Well progressives I think they narrowly won a district in western Pennsylvania. It, that that was a sort of progressive versus moderate fight. I'm pretty sure that Schrader, I'm going to check this out as we speak. We have his cell number. We could wake him up and say, hey, Schrader, you're still a congressman. And if we get <laughs> muffled sobs, we know that it was uh, yes. some guy in a, in a Prius running on recycled French fry oil beat him. And he's- This is why he recently changed his number. <laughs> uh, let's see. What they say about last that. I saw, all important Clackamas County was still out, and he was winning what was in, and she was killing him everywhere else. But there's a lot of vote there. Now this is fifty. All I have is fifty three percent of the vote, and, and she was up by twenty three points. But he, the what's out looked like all him. Well, a, a lot of him, but still bad sign. Bad sign. Uh, Schrader might be be getting shredded here. Yeah. That's a shame. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you can tell we've been up late. <laughs> Trader's offense was that he was not down the line. I guess he voted against the Rescue Act, and uh, he had he was uh, uh, had some questions and forced some changes around pharmaceuticals uh, in the uh, in the ill-fated Build Back Better bill, and. This was seized on by progressives, and Biden himself rode to Schrader's rescue. But it doesn't look like uh, the parachute was big enough. Yeah, there. I think the interesting thing is the trend had been for the progressives to get stopped in these congressional primaries. Uh, you know, we had the the, the relitigation in Ohio uh, from the special and and et cetera, et cetera. So now it looks like a little bit of a reversal and you got to score the Fetterman thing that way too. That's probably the biggest progressive win of the cycle so far in internal democratic politics. Yeah. Although he's kind of a balky progressive, you know, he's not a, and I bet you he'll be more so going into the general election. But I do think at the end of the day, when the the, the tally is done, the progressive group, uh, the squad is going to be a larger squad. 
yeah. than uh, than than in this current. Well, Fetterman Congress. said that he said he's he'll be the largest squad member. It's kind of like the old Andre the Giant joke from The Princess Bride. You know, get the brute squad. I am the brute squad. <laughs> um, so you know, I was just anyway. thinking that. Yeah, I, I, I bet you were. Anyway, well, we'll see. So a little progress. We'll see how these races land. There's some vote out, but it was eventful. Kind of a mixed result, but uh, Trump still huge deal. Mitch McConnell probably. You know, having Jasper bring in uh, a mint julep here to get through the nail biter with McCormick, who would be materially better for him than Oz. And uh, big old Georgia coming, right? You know, we were talking about Schrader, and we just interrupt for a sec because the Hacks on Tap decision desk is trying to get an answer on the fate of Congressman Jeff Schrader in Oregon. And it appears that he's poised to lose, poised to lose, we're, we're, we're hearing, but we still don't have final data. Ax, what, what are you finding out from, from our decision desk with the whiff of beer around it? The only thing that I can tell you for sure is that his name is Kurt, not Jeff. Okay, good, good. That's the kind of accuracy we're famous for here. But poise to lose. Listen, 23 points is a pretty big margin to make up. And yes, the, the headlines this morning are poised to lose. So this is a big. this will be a big win if that holds up for... Uh, for progressives, and we will we will update you. Ne- I bet you by next week, all of the votes will be counted in that district in Oregon, and we can. Yeah, our friend Dave Wasserman, the decision desk uh, tells me, uh, posted 35 minutes ago in Oregon five that uh, Blue Dog uh, Representative Kurt Schrader with a K would need to win about two thirds of the outstanding votes to overtake Progressive Jamie McLeod Skinner's lead. Uh, right now, he's only winning in uh, a few outstanding counties. So Skinner may shred Schrader. Yes, but I note that Wasserman, who is, in fact, the authority on all this and who we need to get back here really soon, by the way, that one of the smartest, smartest guys in politics. We should get the crystal ball guys, too. They, they were a little faster on the Oz thing. But yeah, yeah, Wasserman is great and a banjo player, too, so we're naturally in. Yeah, he is a banjo player, but him. he... But he is uh, not uh, singing uh, the final tune for Schrader just yet yep, because he true. hasn't done his telltale, I've seen enough. So if he hasn't seen enough, we haven't seen enough. Right. Looks like Schrader's going to lose, but he may not. We don't know. We're be, we'll be back in a week with a final Schrader update. I guess we should also tag this before we go away with uh, one other note about North Carolina and the Madison Cawthorn thing. There are some mini Cawthorns running around that hopefully aren't as bad. Uh, a guy named Bo Hines, I believe, uh, yes. uh, won a young guy, attractive candidate, Yaley, football star, uh, but pure MAGA, uh, apparently won a primary. So he could be another young rising star, hopefully without the character faults that we saw from Madison Cawthorn. Uh, so North Carolina still a uh, fertile ground for up-and-coming MAGA Republicans. All right. Well, speaking of up and coming, we're up and going here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to skip. We know we skipped it last week. I'm going week, to take a nap. And we know we, we're skipping it this week because of the. we want to get this thing done and out as soon as we can. But we owe you a double, triple, special mailbag. So send us questions. We have some old ones, but send us new ones. We're, we're, we're trying to do an extra couple of questions next week. Hacksontap at gmail.com. Hacksontap at gmail.com. And then finally, on the... Uh, 
Murphy Gibbs uh, Hex on Tap newsletter, just go to hexontap.bulletin.com free by email twice a week, and we'll have some post-election stuff there too. Yeah, and Gibbs apologizes. He was going to join us this week, but had to be in traffic court. So uh, he will uh, join us next no, week. No, you know what really happened. He had the Fetterman party. I heard all about this. <laughs> he was in his underwear standing on an amp, leading everybody in a chant. With and, an eight-foot, uh, remember, with, did you see that picture of Fetterman with an eight-foot joint as part of his pro his <laughs> pot legalization campaign? So, uh, uh, so that could explain it. You could be right. But uh, Gibbs will be back soon. And so will you and I. So good to see you, brother. Happy day, morning after the election. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Axe. We're, we're talk soon, pal. Okay. Okay.